0: our hearts and minds as we find our position and place and reality in Christ Jesus thank you for that thank you for that for those of you that are new to me and and how I minister and flow sometimes when we don't have music what I'm doing right now is kind of somewhat praying and somewhat um, just speaking out words of faith and and I had a sense in my heart that I should follow gently and patiently the leading of the Spirit today and not get in too much of a hurry to advance to the next piece. So what you're seeing me do or hearing me do is kind of just take space in the in-between, and I invite you to join me. And the way you would join me is inhaling and exhaling, and also you might find yourself Maybe you want to watch me, but maybe you want to close your eyes and help co-create this atmosphere as the dew begins to rise up within us and we experience a presence that helps us know that we are not alone. And for those that are learning to pray, maybe for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time, This is a good refresher. See, I have paid. (laughs) I have paid for this place. To return to prayer. It didn't come cheap. I know where I am. And I know who I am. And it's my privilege and honor to help teach and support and guide you into your wisdom and create an atmosphere for you. Holy,
1: holy, holy, Lord God Almighty. Lord God, all loving.
0: Lord God, Lord, loving, loving one, loving one, loving one who connects all things together. I'm trusting you. We trust you, we trust you, we trust you, we trust you. Yeah, and it's perfectly okay for you to utter your own words in this space, and then I will preach, I promise. Oh, we thank you for your messages and thank you for your presence, your guidance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
1: I trust you. I trust you. I trust you, Lord, I do. I never even worry that I might not make it through because I trust you. I trust you. I trust you, Lord, I do. Because I know you love me, I will always trust in you. We're trusting you and we're trusting the
0: spirit within us to guide us into all truth. And thank you that that is an easy thing to do as we've been walking with you for so many moments.
1: Hallelujah! I just feel like some
0: folks in here need some healing today, and I don't pretend to know in what way, but I want you to know that there's a healer, and the healer's on the inside of you, and we thank you for that healing. Thank you for that. Thank you for the healing, healing, healing. Thank you for the healing power of God. Thank you, God. Thank you that you're leading us into all truth and leading us into ways that we need to show up differently for our bodies. Thank you for that. Hallelujah. The healing rain is falling
1: down. The healing rain is falling down. And I'm not afraid. And I'm not afraid. The healing rain is falling down. The healing rain is falling down. And I'm not afraid. And I'm not afraid, the healing rain is falling down, healing rain is falling down. I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. It's love that creates an atmosphere
0: and a frequency for healing. Hallelujah. It's not some magic mystery that we can't access. It's love. It's love. It's knowing that you're loved. It's knowing that love rules the heart center. It's knowing that love rules the vagus nerve. It's knowing that you're loved and you don't have to worry about the future. It's knowing that you're loved and you can let go of the past. It's knowing that you're loved and there's no regret And there's no payment necessary to pay. It's knowing that you're loved, loved in every way. That's what creates the atmosphere for healing. That's what creates the atmosphere for harmony and peace. It's knowing that you're loved. It's knowing that you can let it go and be right in your body at home once and for all. Let your spirit know that it can be at home in your body, and your body will start to feel at home with you. (laughs) Let your body know it's safe to be you. Let your identity grow in love, grounded in faith, grounded in the love of God. And then watch those things start to line up with love. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody's on a hero's journey today. Somebody's on a hero's journey. You've been through and you've been through and you've been through. And there's some places in your life where you can come on out the other side. There are some places, there are some spaces that deserve your touch and healing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, uh, I'm holding myself back for some of you that know me because I could run around, but I'm not going to. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. The Lord is good and his faithfulness to all generations. Ooh, I thank you, Lord, that what you see and what you look at comes into the frequency of love with you. I thank you for that. Thank you that what you pay attention to and your opinion of us, that matters the most. Mm. Right now, we choose to know that we are loved. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. You can laugh with me if you want. Maybe you need to laugh by faith. Maybe you just need to imagine that thing that seems so big and terrifying, and you just give it a little bit of a ha, 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 and mm-hmm. every modality I've ever learned about, and every discipline that I've ever experienced, there's always an air of laughter. And if there's not, it's not tapped into the divine. Because <laughs> the, the divine flow <laughs> will have a laughter, even in the face of enemies. It has it a laughter even when things are in disrepair. There is a laughter knowing that all things will work out and knowing that all things are working together for your good. Knowing that all things are part of the equation. There's nothing lost, nothing missing, nothing broken. It is the shalom, the shalom, the peace of God which passes all understanding, for you say, how will this work out? (laughs) How could this possibly have been part of the plan? And love is there as the ground saying, it's all been included in me the whole time. Nothing has happened outside of my care. Nothing has happened outside of the ground that I have laid for you. For it is my love, it is my ground, and it is my place that I have situated you in and we are so to and we just thank you lord for <laughs> thank you for the <laughs> thank you for the spirit of grace and we thank you for minute for the gifts thank you for that thank you for just all the things that are happening in the spirit behind the scenes we thank you that that you are always there <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> hallelujah I speak on behalf of everyone here and and into their lives. I thank you that you're working things, pulling them together, pulling them through, and shining light, shining light. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for the ministry of the Spirit, and thank you for how you've led us.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: y'all still here? Okay. (laughs) Well, I do want to minister some things that I have put together for you, um, as well as the things that are given by the Spirit. I'm always going to be that person that um, is both cerebral and spiritual, because I believe it's all connected. And I have always wanted to be part of a place that had both, that could discern and use both sides of our brain and our body wisdom, and then also um, yield and allow the brain to sink and settle into the heart space, especially in places like this. In community, where we practice community and practice love, um, and then go out into the world and be the church and be the ones. Um, And so today, I I want to invite you on a journey, and I love this graphic that's over here, An Invitation to the Wheel. Um, Jessica created this graphic for us, and I'm just so grateful for her creativity. Um, This graphic speaks. This speaks to me. Um, I want to invite you on a journey um, toward um, what we would call Easter, um, and what our culture calls Easter, and I do understand, and I am very aware that our culture buys into what be, might be previously known as as uh, pagan holidays. Um, An understanding that when people use the word pagan earlier on, they just meant everybody that wasn't Christian. It's kind of like a generic term, and sadly, it was somewhat derogatory. We've sort of reclaimed it s- recently to mean some sort of, I don't know, um, people that honor the solstices, okay? <laughs> and, and, you know, worship some some the created things rather than the creator. Um, but there's always been this kind of element in any group of those that are in and those that are out, and unfortunately, we we swim in a culture that has adopted um, holidays or holy days or celebrations that came from other uh, faiths, other gods, other, uh, you know, attention on different things. And I want you to know that I know that. I I want you to know, and it has come to my attention that maybe I don't share that enough, especially as we – follow a church calendar, and the church calendar for like the whole year would be something along the lines of like an advent, and then a Christmas at December 25th, and then an epiphany, and then a Lent, and then an Easter, and then what they call ordinary time. And all of these being relatively new to human civilization, third and fourth century, and some dating back, But understanding that I understand that Jesus was likely not born on December 25th. Okay? All right? I get it. And you can look it up. You can see how many people um, are believed to have been born on on December 25th. Um, It would be, you know, I mean, Hermes, Buddha, Krishna, Horus, Hercules, Adonis, um, Dionysio, all these folks. However... Some of these things are true, some of them aren't. You know, you get to a space, if you're not careful, where well, you want to go throw everything out. And it's like, well, we live right here in Tulsa, or surrounding areas, and we have these cultural ebbs and flows, and we need to be aware of where we are in time and, and aware of where these things come from. Um, and I don't want to get too laden with what holiday is the right holiday or what day is the right day to celebrate things. I realize that the origins of Easter, Halloween, All Saints Day, Valentine's Day, and the like, I realize that none of that is found in the Scripture, okay? whoo, surprise, I mean, maybe that's news to you, um, and you can have a long dialogue with Bob, and I would encourage you to do that, to have a conversation with Bob. If you have questions like, where did the origins of Easter, why do why do we count, why, why is it supposed to be that Jesus is, is the only sign that you would know Jesus is the Messiah, is the sign of Jonah, who is in the belly of the fish, three days and three nights. If you count from Good Friday to Easter, how many nights is that, you y'all? Two. And how many nights was it? I mean, these numbers and things just don't add up. And we all just kind of turn away, and it's like, okay, well, I, I Jesus supposed to be in there for three days and three nights, but I don't know how Friday to Sunday adds up. It doesn't add up, but we do it anyway, right? Okay, don't just cut off the end of the ham, because that's what great-grandma did. Ask questions, get real with it, And understand where you are in alignment with these traditions, okay? Um, The more you know, the more we realize there is more to know. But I want you to realize that this is not, nobody's trying to dupe you or pull the wool over your eyes or tell you um, this is really when Jesus was born. We, We get it. But this is when the culture at large celebrates or holy days, and Bob hates the word celebration, I get it, you know, but you'd have to ask him about that a little bit later because I really want to do get through through this. Um, But so when I say, and when I invite you to participate in Lent with me, I need you to know, that I am not trying to pull us back into an old tradition or ritual um, that that is still being held alive by predominantly the Catholic religion. I am not advocating or encouraging anybody to mourn their sins, pay penance for their wrongdoings, to fast from food in order to appease a god, okay? These practices are not part of my own spiritual life, but I understand that the culture at large is in a season that they call Lent. What I am calling this is a time of cultivating my faith, and I'm inviting you to do the same. So I'm, I, I, it holds a different meaning and I hope that I have been explicit enough in our, in our church that I may participate or parallel these seasons of time, but simply in an op- opportunistic way, take it a step further and, and allow us to lean in, as it were. Um, but I want to read, from you, uh, read to you from Colossians. If you have your Bible, you can turn to chapter 2 of Colossians um, and verse 6. This is not a new uh, debate and not a new conversation. Let me see if I found that. Two and three, yep. And verse six. As you therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one take you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition. That's what we're talking about. According to the elemental spirits of the universe and not according to Christ. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have come to fullness in him who is the head of every ruler and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a spiritual circumcision by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him. And it goes on and on. Therefore, verse 16, do not let anyone condemn you in matters of food and drink or of observing festivals, new moons, or Sabbaths. These are only a shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Do not let anyone disqualify you insisting on self-abasement and worship of angels dwelling on visions puffed up Puffed up without cause by a human way of thinking, and forgetting to hold fast to the head, from which the whole body, nourished and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the universe, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Why do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. All these regulations refer to things that perish with using, they are simply human commands and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-imposed piety, humility, and severe treatment of the body, but they are of no value in checking self-indulgence. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things which are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I wanted to share that passage of Scripture with you because this is not a new conversation it's not a new argument we have been freed from the regulations and the bindings of these kind of uh, adherences self-abasement of the body for example you know and we see this in world religions we see that people are still doing things to themselves in order to appease a god or to show their piety or to show their penance And what we see in Christ is that Christ has, as our covenant Lord, as our covenant representative, has fulfilled all of the laws or requirements that humanity has placed on humanity in the name of God. Notice how I said that. (laughs) Christ, on your behalf, has fulfilled all of the requirements that was placed on humanity by humanity in the name of God, calling it religion. God entered into that construct because the ultimate servant leader entered into your requirements, fulfilled them on your behalf, and then put you inside of Christ and, and, and made you more than a conqueror, made you to be alive in Christ Jesus. But the the rules were never placed by God. You won't hear that on radio station. Okay? I listen to a lot of Catholic radio because I want to hear what's happening. And I heard it just on Friday. These laws that God has given to all of humanity for God, for your sake. And I'm like, "What? Are they not reading these texts?" They're reading them, and just with any, as any piece of literature, you can put your own lens on it and get out of it what you want. They're just as beloved as anybody else that has more light on it. They're just fine. All of that's fine, but it's just not how the, the hermeneutic that I'm witnessing these texts through. I'm seeing a whole heck of a lot of freedom being placed in Christ, I'm seeing value being placed on humanity, and I'm seeing it was us that put requirements of law in place. I do believe that God has always wanted and, and been, ha, have invited us to a face-to-face relationship in love. Okay, I'm getting off my thing. Okay. So, I wanted you to see that. And then I wanted you to see uh, Romans 14. And this is where I, I'm not interested in putting down Catholics or parts of Christianity or myself or anybody in Islam or anybody in the Buddhist tradition. I'm not interested in that. I, I do not want to be on the side of judging anybody's religious framework. And I hope you're not either. Where is Romans, Lord? Okay, Romans. Here we go. Here we go. Um, I'm not interested in it. The only thing I'm interested in is that we extend love and grace to one another. Depending on the places in the world that we have been informed and educated, that we give grace and peace to one another um, and not judge one another. Okay, Romans 14. Verse 1, welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Some believe in eating anything, while some eat only vegetables. Come on, all of my vegetarian. Come on, yeah. (laughs) Those who eat everything... Must not despise those who don't eat everything. Come on. And those who who don't eat everything must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on the servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and that is a loaded phrase. Their own Lord be it real or perceived of the imagination. (laughs) Oh, come on. You project what you serve. (laughs) I didn't know we were going to get this deep. Y'all are you guys okay? you okay. You're okay. Come on with me. All right. It is before their own Lord... That they stand or fall and that they will be upheld for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another day while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own mind. You see what I'm saying? It is not our place to judge somebody else's holy day. It's not our place. You, if you have intimacy with them and a relationship with them and you sup with them and you know their story and you have some light to shine, go ahead. But you don't just stand up in the marketplace and say, this day is not of God or this day is of God. Who are you to judge another one? And, and is it not in relationship that we make meaningful change? It is in relationship. It is Jesus at the well with the woman. It is Jesus in the, at the bath with the, the man that had not had anybody to put him in. It's Jesus in relationship with his disciples that he began to make meaningful changes. It's Jesus in the boat of the fishermen that he began to call them through. It's Jesus in relationship on the road to Emmaus. It's Jesus in relationship at supper time. The only thing he ever did say in a marketplace that was uh, that was out to call and cry out is, "Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Keep going um, Also those who eat eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God while those who abstain abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves." <laughs> And we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again. He might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Verse 10. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of, of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue sh- shall give praise to God. So then each of us will be accountable to God. Let us therefore no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. I want to read that again. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus. That nothing is unclean in itself. But it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. Okay? If your brother or sister is being injured by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Do not let what you eat cause the ruin of one for whom Christ died. So do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The one who thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and has human approval. Let us then pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for you to make others fall by what you eat. It is good not to eat meat or drink or, or drink wine or do anything That your brother makes your brother say, have your faith between you and God. Have your own convictions between you and God. The point I'm trying to get here is that it would be good for us within this house to be of a neutral position when it comes to what people observe, how they eat, what they would deem acceptable or what they are allowing in their own lives. And to allow them to have their faith between them and God. There are so many different ways of experiencing our spirituality right within this house. If we can get this right, then we can go out into the marketplace and extend love and peace and grace to another. Nothing in itself is unclean, but he who considers it unclean, and that's where shame comes. So I want to get just a little bit closer to you. When you do something that you have an inward Uh, uh, feeling that it's wrong for you and you do it anyway, that's where shame and guilt come in. Or when you do something with, with an arrogance because you've gotten free in some area and you try to tell somebody else, it's no big deal, you can do that. You're not walking in love at that point. When you are at the table with someone and in relationship with somebody, it is good to be sensitive to what their sensitivities are. You see, that's walking in love. It's preferring one another over my own freedom. Well, I don't feel bad about that. You can live together before you get married. It's no big deal. Well, maybe to them it is. Maybe you found that there's freedom in that, and you understand what love covenant is all about, and maybe you've gotten some way, and some enlightenment, but you try to put your structure over onto them, and now you're causing them to walk out of alignment with their own love and faith. Do you see what I'm trying to say? So this whole business about about why, whatever, why Lent or or whatever, I I I wanted to say. I'm inviting us to the wheel. (laughs) This week for Valentine's Day, my wife got us a a class, a pottery class, and we went to this place out at Waterworks, out at Charles Page Boulevard, and we got to go to this cool art studio, and we thought we were going to be able to throw pottery on the wheel, so I was dressed for it. I was dressed to be on the wheel and throw some clay. That's what I thought we were going to do. We ended up getting there, and they're like, oh, no, no, no. You're not going on the wheel. That takes a lot more time and a lot more experience and a lot more instruction. What you're going to (laughs) do is put these little cords of clay, uh, stack them one on top of another in the shape of a heart, and make a little vase, okay? All right, it's going to take you about 45 minutes. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. I really wanted to throw the the clay and and everything but it's a, called coiling i think this uh and so you work with this clay and and, and furthermore it was such a uh, i mean she had paid the the subscription for this like he had even rolled out all the coils for us we didn't even have to do that we didn't have to put water in our own dish we didn't have to get anything we just sat down and did what he said and just went okay and Tamara and I, there was four other couples there. Tamara and I thought we were at the Amazing Race or something. I don't know what we thought. But <laughs> Tamara and I don't, you know, we have a lot of competitiveness nature. And so we're like coiling this, you know, and she's like, I'm like using the tools. I'm like, okay, hey, got it, go, do another one, do it. We're trying to get 18 high. And um, and the other <laughs> the other people are like, very much a perfectionist. They're perfectionists and they're taking their time. And Tamara and I are like, let's get this done. Do you see any holes? Nope. Okay, slap some more water on that. Let's do it. Let's get it. And something that he said that the instructor said really impacted me about the clay. He said clay, once he, he used to be a painter and enjoyed working with oils on canvas. Um, But when he discovered clay, he never went back to only painting. Clay is a very forgiving material, and it is endlessly recyclable. So you can tell my preacher brain is going all over the place when he's saying this. I'm like, wow, it's forgiving. It's one of the most forgiving substances, and it washes off easily. The clay washes off really easily, and it doesn't stain the clothes. When you wash your clothes, it just washes off. And I began to think about the verses in Isaiah and Jeremiah about then the symbolism of God being the potter. Remember some of this? God being the potter and us being the clay. And the wheel... And my, my, my wheels of my brain begin to think about time and how we understand time as being cyclical and not linear. So I'm imagining this wheel turning, the time of our lives turning, and us being on that time wheel with the hands of the potter. <laughs> Isaiah and Jeremiah, I've given you too much Bible already, so I'll just... Okay, okay, hey! Hey! Come on. (laughs) Jeremiah 18, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will announce my words to you. I just love that imagery of go to this place, go to this space, and there my words will be made known unto you. And then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something on the wheel. But the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter, so he remade it into another vessel as it pleased the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel." Oh, house, church. Today I want to give you an invitation to the wheel. (laughs) I want to give you an invitation at this season of time to be a little more intentional about where you put yourself. I want to know if you are interested in coming onto the wheel with me. And letting the potter, the father, perhaps reshape a part of your life that perhaps has already been formed and fired, it seems set. I wonder if you would allow the father, the potter, to remold you, to add water to you. I begin to think about, it's the most ancient way of, I mean, the earthenware, that's how the archaeology the would go down into, deep into the earth and see what era the people had made their earthenware, their clay, their pottery. And it's broken, but if they wanted to, they could add water, and re- it's endlessly recyclable. I'm wondering if there are some parts of our lives that have been broken, and you haven't known what to do with it. Can these bones live again, is what I hear the Spirit saying. Can this broken vessel be fit for anything again? And you know, we think in absolutes, but I would, I, challenge, I invite you not to. There might be some parts of your life where things are really working. You're really successful. It's flourishing. You're even growing things in that pottery. But then there might be other parts of your life that could use some remolding. Think in a little more nuance. Think a little more abstractly. Maybe there are some parts of you that feel broken and you just choose not to look at it. I wonder if during this time of Lent, if you would like to bring it back to the wheel. I wonder... If you have been scared to be touched by God because of your own theological journey of of remodeling your faith, I wonder if you have, in a sense, stayed away from intimacy with spirit because you have just sort of thrown it out. That's not for me, or I understand what's behind. I I just don't want to go there. I wonder if this might be your time to gently place yourself back on the wheel and see what the potter might do. Maybe you're not ready. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're not ready to get that close. Maybe the thought of God touching you and reshaping you and remolding you just feels too, that's okay. Okay. But I wanted to issue an invitation during Lent. I, took, I lifted this. this is, I'm going to use Bob's words. Um, traditional ways of looking at Lent say that we are to fast food or something, to focus on feeling bad for our sin. We fast to feel the pangs of hunger and let them remind us of our wretched state. But, my dear friends, I I want you to know that's not what Jesus did. We are to eat and drink or fast, both to the glory of God. Glory, of course, being the high thoughts and weighty opinion of him whose thoughts are so elevated about us. Jesus was thrust into the wilderness by the Spirit, the, the version of Mark says, and that's where the church has kind of put this magnifying glass on the time of Lent. It's supposed to be parallel to the wilderness experience of Jesus, but Bob makes a good point. It was only after he had received the words of the Creator You are good, you are my beloved one, in whom I am well pleased. It was then that he was thrown and put into the wilderness in order to then also participate in the evil, quote unquote, which is really this, listen to me, the pressures of life that if we focus on the goodness of the Father and his love words over us while in the midst of pressure, lead us to greater inner strength. I know there's a lot going on in the house right now, and it's kind of hard to focus, but I want, that was a really good point. These things that pressure us, and that sometimes pressure us to the point of breaking, if we know who we are and whose we are as we travel these roads, it will be as these great mystics were aware and illuminated to believe that it will turn out for our good. God will make something new. There will be a rising from the ashes. There will be an ashes-to-rainbow moment. The stories are replete with floods-to-rainbows, ashes-to-glory, Honor for shame. And that's that's it. That's the invitation. Is learning to attend to this moment, which is the very place that the divine meets us. And doing it in conjunction with other people that are doing it at the same time that you're doing it. I don't know about you, but any time that I ever have fasted, which I'm not planning to do this time. (laughs) Some of you who are on my fasting page. um, I just don't have it in me right now. But if you do want to fast, get a buddy. It's easier to do it when you have, and it's easier to stay on track and on course when you're doing it with someone. I printed out some resource pages uh, for people that want them. I have some ideas for how you can support yourself during this uh, next four weeks that we're gonna be meeting on Wednesdays, both on Zoom and here in person, and then on Sundays. But we're gonna... uh, we're going to lean in. I'm going to get on the wheel. I want to see what the potter wants to do with me. And I want to do it with you um, to cultivate our faith. But I've got some ideas. I definitely encourage you to journal during this time. Definitely encourage you to buy some resources about sacred self and soul care, some, possibly some devotionals that you might be interested in. There's a lot of free um, resources and downloads and, and things that you can do. Um, so, if you want to take one of these, I also have some words about how to frame this and how House Church is doing Lent. Um, if you want to see those, you can you can um, take one of those with you. Um, <laughs> I had fun <laughs> preaching. This sermon, yesterday, as I was preparing to be in front of you, I did it upstairs in the Lutheran sanctuary, and I walked back and forth, and I preached my heart out, and it was a lot of fun for me. I office up there, and, and I just walked out of my office, and I was like, I wonder how this is going to come out. Um, we are unique people. And knowing where you are in relationship to what the world is saying is, is critical. And it is an honor for me to be part of your journey, to be part of your unique spiritual expression of your life, and to support you in the ways that you need it. It is an honor for me to be called and counted As a caretaker, I love holding this house. I love talking with you about your thoughts and ideas about faith and God and people and politics, not so much politics, but on theology. And I would encourage you to express and and extend grace to one another and develop intimacy with one another to be able to speak into one another's life. And I would invite you to join me on the wheel this season. Um, Thank you for letting me minister.